0: Mary... Alright, let's do it. 31 of the Stolen Signs Podcast. I am Kendall Gilmett, here with Harry Pavlidis. Hello, Harry.
1: Hello, Kendall. Good evening, or Good. whenever.
0: Good day to you, sir. Good day,
1: sir. Watching any baseball lately?
0: No, not much. You?
1: Winter ball. Dominican Republic.
0: Is There's, the, game,
1: there's is the, games on six days a week, usually.
0: Is, so, is there a league, the Dominican League,
1: the, the Dominican Republic,
0: yes.
1: and it's six teams play winter ball. So there are three games, six days a week. Monday is usually an off day, but sometimes there's a makeup game. So they run a season every winter. It starts in like uh, late October, I think, and finishes up with lengthy playoffs and the winning team represents the Dominican Republic in the Caribbean Series.
0: Oh, cool. Which is February. And yeah.
1: <clears throat> that leads you right up to spring training. So baseball never really ends at any point. So you have the Dominican League, the Venezuelan League, Mexican went, you know, the, the Mexican Pacific League, it's the Mexican Winter League it's different from the Triple right. A you know, regular summer league. It's a separate thing. Uh, and Puerto Rican League just started up this week, I think. And uh, Australian League is also starting up. And uh, so there's always going to be baseball.
0: Plenty of J- baseball. J-
1: Japan and Korea just finished their playoffs not long ago. So, you know, baseball season never ends.
0: Yay. <laughs> <laughs> We're so, happy about uh, that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we are.
1: Okay, so we've been talking about something forever.
0: Yes, we have. Yes, the we have. The whole
1: opener thing, bullpenning, not a new phenomenon. We, we've, we've we've said it's changed, and we'll see if it makes a difference and if we need to change anything. And I don't know if we're going to – I think the answer to skip ahead to that you know, is, that no, I don't think we're going to change anything in terms of how we define pitching roles right now because even though there's been an increase league-wide, I would say, in what appears to be opening or bullpenning, um, and I'll explain that, that in a second. It's really limited to just a few teams and one particularly extreme team. You can all guess who that is. Okay, so basically if you look at baseball games and say, what was the difference in the score when a starting pitcher was removed? Okay. Uh, so, you know, you can take zero or one or two. and then those, That's close. But then a blowout, like the 4, 5, 6, you know, that's a typical, you know, it's 5 nothing in the first inning, you take your starter out type of thing. Yeah. Those games, those blowouts are actually have kind of gone down. <laughs> and, but, but, but the number of pitching changes where the starting pitcher did not get out of like the first or second or third, you can slice it up however you want. It's basically gone up five or six times. It's like in the past, you know, it's like you have, you have teams that typically were running out maybe five you know of those bullpenning days this season they're probably doing 10 most teams are doing it more but the big thing is that the and we're defining these as games where the starting pitcher didn't get past did not do anything in the third inning I think this is this version is from and the score was close or tied I forget but anyway anyways Tampa had an 2017, they had eight games like that. And that led the league, I think. Yeah, well, Kansas City also had eight in 2017. So those are the teams that bullpened the most by this definition. In 2019, uh, Kansas City also had eight once again. They were one of the five teams that didn't change. And there's like six teams that actually did it less. Tampa, uh, Tampa though, they went from 88-8, eight, excuse me, from 8 to 66
0: That's more. That's more.
1: Oakland went from four to eighteen. Anaheim from five to eighteen. Detroit two to up to eleven. Texas, three to eleven. Boston, three to ten. Atlanta, zero to six. A few other teams that were at ten, and they all pretty much doubled. You know, so you had a, a pretty dramatic increase in these close games where the starter was pulled out across the league, but It really was mostly, like, Tampa, and then after them, like, Oakland, Anaheim, and then, like, Detroit, Texas. Interestingly, Boston, Atlanta. You know, Tampa and Oakland were good teams, but on the bottom of the list, the teams that actually did it less, like the team that, like, Milwaukee went from 9 to 3 to 3. They're the biggest drop. Toronto did it less. Cincinnati, Houston, Colorado. So not, not many teams really do it too much, but everybody did it a little bit more for the most part. Um, but Tampa really went crazy, like really. And again, so, again, this it, is
0: this is the number of games that the starter the, came out after. early, but it
1: was a close game. So the the best we could do to to mitigate, you know, the number of it's. I think it's after this. They they didn't make it to the third inning. I think is that the one the tally I just gave you. It, it, it's you, we we cut it up like so many different ways. I forget, um, but. Rob McCune and I were playing with that this evening. And, and basically, it's there's not as many games where a, the difference in scores is four runs after three innings or after two innings or whatever. and But there's a lot more uh, <laughs> starting pitchers have been pulled. So it's like the blowouts have gone down because of possibly because of the bullpenning. But mostly, it's a handful of teams, primarily, primarily Tampa, um, changed the way they do things. In a big way. So, okay, if this happens next year, so this is still just a small percentage of games. You know, it's not that big in the grand scheme of things. It's a big increase, but it's still not a lot. So, I don't know. Maybe we need to adjust for Tampa. Maybe we just need to have some type of factor. I don't know. I'll talk to Judge about this and see what he thinks. But basically, there's nothing. It's eye-popping, but it doesn't make, but because it's all isolated with one team, Makes it a little bit more interesting. How do you want to handle it? How do you interpret Tampa pitching stats? So, congratulations to Blake Snell, by the way.
0: Congratulations, Blake Snell. So, moving forward, do you like? I would expect that because Tampa had more. They had success with this this kind of strategy. That I would imagine that that next year at this time, if we look at these numbers. There will be, be other teams, more yes. teams making big jumps like this, and so I mean I don't know that they're necessarily. What going we should do is keep it. track
1: of like in 2019, when does each team reach their 28? How quickly does everybody get to 2018? Right. Yeah, well, let's keep an eye. on That'll be something we can track. Yeah, it's interesting. So it's good to have the actual numbers, and we'll clarify and set and settle on a definition and, and make sense of it. But basically, it's it's. It's not a league-wide phenomenon, but if you you know cause, because it's mostly Tampa, but it, it's you know if you look it's five to six times more league-wide, but that's really because Tampa.
0: <laughs> and all of these teams, are kind of up at the top of of who do it, I'm trying to I'm looking the the one that is surprising is Boston because they actually have, a, you know, a handful of good starting pitchers, but. Beyond that, like none of these are really surprising. That have a bunch of of starts like this, you know, Oakland, Tampa, mm-hmm. Anaheim. Like these are not teams that have this starting rotation that's going to blow away. Like, so, it's, well, yeah, it, no,
1: it seems like it. If you have a good rotation, you're not going to do this, right? Which is what, I mean, which you, is you,
0: what we said yeah. have said. You know, now there's since,
1: a flip side to this. And people talk about the labor implications that basically because you're paid to be a successful starting pitcher, that's what's like that's like the high end of salaries in baseball, and you're eliminating that position. <laughs> so there's like, and, and it's, and Tampa was criticized for doing it because they didn't spend money, you know. They eked out a 90 win season. Maybe they could have invested and not have had to do all the eking and got a 95 win season or you know more and, and had a chance a more realistic chance at the playoffs. There's so a lot of you know issues tied up in these things, and it, it, it's very strange to me that we have this culture of. Uh, This is kind of going to turn into kind of a subject that came up a lot last week on Twitter about the difference between the the changes in baseball analytics over time, particularly in recent years. Yeah. Where it's changing from, in some cases, or, you know, there's still this mix of how will we be more efficient with limited resources? You know, the money ball kind of
0: approach. Yeah.
1: versus the um, we have lots of resources and we're going to invest those resources in data-driven player development, strategy, and optimization. So it's like the sufficiency versus optimization is, is kind of how it's come out. I, I think Jeff Long is one of the people who said that. Um, it's a difference in, yes. You know, in how you look at the use of data in baseball, and and some folks say you can use this data to make your players better, and the other another way of looking at it is you can use this data to get more out of your your players without spending more on them, which is basically fine. I mean everybody has to do that in a team competitive team environment, but there's this feeling that it's being used to suppress wages, which is very interesting and then bill james came out and tweeted (laughs) and i can't find the tweets i think he deleted all this stuff even though there's tons of him conversing about it the original stuff is gone about how you could replace every player in major league baseball just take get rid of them yeah and replace them with the next tier and within three years everybody will no longer know the difference and he's claiming that that's like some deep philosophical thing that if you've read him for 30 years, you'll understand this is like a deep thinker thing. And I think that's bullshit. You know, I'm like, like, I don't know what his point is about that other than trying to insult people who disagree with him. Um, but what he said about people not knowing the difference after three years, I think is a very interesting claim. So what I asked the question. About it? I think that's I think that is as is, is dubious. Why? So I asked the question on Twitter, and, and, and people kind of understood, I think. If just, let's just forget about the three-year thing. Let's just start with tomorrow. <laughs> Which, can you tell the difference between a major oh, – excuse me. Can you tell the difference from a baseball league where the top shortstop is someone like Francisco Lindor and, the, and a league, another league, where the top shortstop is somebody like Orion Terrio? Can you tell the difference between those two leagues and the level of play as an observer? It's you know obviously it's yes. Is it? Yeah, I don't because if you the athleticism of Ryan Terrio is not the same athleticism of Lindor. He just simply does not have the hand action,
0: arm strength. But they're not You're, side by side. You're not looking at them side well, by but, side. But oh, well, sure,
1: exactly, exactly. Okay, good, but. You would notice a league where instead of Ryan Terrio being replacement level, and the distribution of talent was, you know, above him from him on up, the other thirty shortstops in the league, versus a league where he was the best and it was down from him.
0: Who's you producing? would
1: you would be able to tell the difference. Like if you go to a Triple A baseball game, you can tell the level of play is not as good.
0: In fielding or in batting or the fielding, batting,
1: throwing, all of them, turning double plays baseball intelligence, base running decisions.
0: I don't know. I think that day reliability
1: one. as a performer are, are not the, could you, could you tell the difference? And if you can't, I'm shocked because it's like, you can see Lindor is fast. You could see Lindor's actions are smooth and graceful.
0: Yeah, you can, you can, but I don't, okay. I don't, I think that, I think that's an insult to people. I think, I think if
1: you put a fan right now, and had them watch uh, two teams wearing generic uniforms, and you couldn't tell who they were. And then there were another two teams in a different game wearing also generic uniforms, and you can't tell who they were. After that game, would you be able to say which one of those two teams of you know games that you just saw was a matchup between major league teams, and which one was a matchup of A-ball teams
0: yeah, a ball teams or Triple A?
1: No, it's not. It's the same question. If you took it, just it's the same thing. It's we just took the entire population of Major League Baseball out. So I know I'm mixing up eras here, but Terrio just sticks in my head. <laughs> we can pick another shorts <laughs> up if you want. But uh, if, you say, if you say basically all those guys, the top players that, that make up the rosters, the 40 man rosters right now, are gone, like we're just, we're, they're striking and we're going to replace them with players who are not in the union. That's really the only way something that Bill James said could happen. Right. You could only replace those players if there was like a labor conflict. Right. Okay. Honest to God, you think you wouldn't be able to tell the difference of the product on the field?
0: Do I think I would? I do think I would. Do okay. I think that uh, 90% of the viewing public would?
1: No. I, 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 I have a much, uh, greater faith in the average baseball fan than that. I think baseball fans are discerning. They watch the game, they can tell that a guy is good. They can tell that Mike Trout is good bat speed. They can see it. They can they can hear the ball off the bat. They can they can see the quality of the players. the average fan is constantly nitpicking on every player's, you know, abilities and inabilities. It's it's
0: Most baseball fans don't know what bat speed is. I
1: wow, you that's Really? That a bat? You swing the bat fast and hit the ball. If you
0: said up? who has the best bat speed in Major League Baseball, and you they surveyed... don't know what that is,
1: but they can see it.
0: No. Yes. Are you kidding me? You're t-
1: honestly telling me that that a baseball fan, a person who watches say twenty games on TV a year and attends one or two, okay, someone who's just a pretty cat but they follow baseball, that they they can't tell the difference between Mike Trout playing the game for nine innings and Tuffy Rhodes playing for nine innings?
0: No. Wow. I really don't think so. I think that the the fan that you just outlined, they're all over the place and they I mean and and this is not like I'm not disparaging this type of fan because like we all kind of start in different areas and some of us really I, I think if you take a major deeper, league fan
1: take them to their first minor league game and they'll be like wow these guys suck I think I swear I, no I i,
0: I, I, really? I, I yes, totally disagree totally.
1: have you been to a minor league baseball yeah league totally and you don't see the difference I see the difference But you don't think people just the average fan can see the difference
0: no because just, because minor I, league baseball stadiums are full
1: Yes, because they because – people don't just go to the games for the quality of the players. They go for the quality of the competition, the price, the entertainment value alongside of it. My, and also, as, as our, our good friend Kate Morrison points out, that one of the reasons that people enjoy minor league sports or collegiate sports even is because they know it's not the highest level, that it's part of a thing going up. It's more about uh, there's a different – you know Major League Baseball is, is elite – I think people would tell the difference if you suddenly re- put the Pacific Coast League in its place. I, I think, or really lower than that, because if we're talking about the 40. So you're talking about basically taking the Southern League and putting those guys on uh, on a big league diamond in, in front of three decks. With that level of development and talent, Like I think they might put up the same stat lines in the end because the equilibrium of, of play. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: But I think that it will look optically different I think people will be able to tell that it's not as good
0: you're saying that it's it would be drastically different and now I don't know about drastically well if somebody can tell it's drastic
1: But I don't think you'd be able to mark you would no longer be able to say this like it's like these are not that like you basically the premise of these are the best people at baseball is no longer true we're just saying hey it doesn't matter who these guys are new guys will come in now maybe there's some nuance here that's important, like hey, the players change out over time and things like that. But that's not what he said. He said you could replace all the players today and within three years nobody would know the difference. So basically what he was saying is that you would notice a difference right away for the most part, because he's right. not claiming people wouldn't, okay? Right. But then he's saying your memory of it would decay in three years. And and that was my follow-up question. I'm like, I think you could pretty much say, you know. Except for you, Kendall, <laughs> people will tell the difference, and maybe it's just serious fans. I don't know, but I think people will be able to tell the difference. The quality of the t- play is not as good. Yeah. Um, it's pretty. You're talking about a pretty big drop off, and you hack off the whole thing. Like this isn't something subtle, like going from Major League Baseball to one of the other high level professional leagues, like 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 in Japan. Like, if we suddenly got rid of all our players and said, okay, now we're just going to broadcast Japanese baseball, people would be like, this is fucking great. (laughs) Because it's really good. It's a really high-level play. There's guys with loud tools. And people, I think people recognize loud tools. Like, you can tell a guy is fast going around the bases. After three years of people would it decay, I honestly feel like that's, I, I think that is a very cynical view of, one, how discerning fans are of the quality on the field uh, Two, like, it s- just seems that to disregard the relationship that fans have with the players and that you, if you just suddenly say you're not gonna be able to watch these guys anymore, it's like this notion that we're rooting for the laundry. It, it It's, Kinda of true. You stay loyal to a team longer than the players are there. There's free agency and all these things, but but the reality is you attach to players and you people like a lot. But they of people, don't
0: attach to them because of their tools. They don't attach to them. that's a saying
1: that's, that's a separate thing. It's two things, dude. It's one is like I don't believe that people are so blind to the quality of play that they wouldn't recognize that when Ryan Terrio wins the Gold Glove that something's fucked up. To, oh, I loved
0: Matt. To, the second sucked. thing is
1: two. Two. the second thing is this notion that it doesn't matter who the players are is is really crazy because people do bond with the players and their personalities. And, you know, so there's like relationships that form. They're not just rooting for the laundry. They're not just doing that. They want to see their favorite players play. They want to see these guy, this, this guy. Now that would change, and who those people would be would change, but I think the immediate thing would be so jarring, people would not forget that. In three years, people wouldn't be like, yeah, I don't even remember Lindor. I don't think that's the case.
0: Well, he's got a great smile, so
1: that wouldn't well, be the this, case, this is what but... I'm saying. It's like people won't forget these people, either whether it's their personality or some other attribute, their mustache, or because they're in general they've noticed this league is just not as good like you know that I used to see that play be get made I used to see first baseman make that pick I used to see pitchers who could throw 90 miles an hour
0: <laughs> yeah and and I just want to be clear I am I I think what Bill James was saying was you know like totally off base but I don't th- I do like I think that your experience of what a baseball fan is and and how deeply they're involved in it and in what they know and and how much they care about and, and what they care about about the game i don't think i think that that's what's off i don't think that i do think like you and i would know and a huge portion of our listeners would know probably most of them
1: um, i think the people who spend money on baseball who who majorly relies on their their income from <laughs> would know i don't know i have like season ticket holders like, are you going to suddenly say, I'm paying $40,000 for what? Think about that.
0: I don't know. I mean, the this reason is that it. they're like, their Bill's because... whole
1: premise is, like, crazy. And he's yeah. trying to pass it off as some grand thought experiment. Yeah. Which would have been great if he'd actually done it that way. Rather yeah. Than I mean, in he's sticking freaking in a lot of ways. bomb. Yeah, no, he really stepped in it. And he's blaming Twitter and other people. He's not, he's not looking in the mirror and saying, you know what? What I said was... Like this whole thing, like I've been reading people, you have to read me for the past 30 years in order to be able to understand what I'm saying is a great way to, do, he's basically saying, he's saying, he's basically saying you can ignore me now. Right. I, I mean, I, I'm not like saying to people, you should ignore Bill. Ch-. I'm saying he's saying it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that there's, a whole he's thing saying like, if you don't get a ladder, what
1: I'm saying, you don't get it. And you have to understand my whole, okay, fine. Then you're, you, you know what? Here's the thing. There's people who have read him for 35 years and they're, and they're like, what the hell are you talking about right now? So, yeah, I, I just don't buy it. I just don't buy the notion that the fans would forget that the, that people would still be willing to pay the money in that the league would survive. I do think it's about like how good these guys are. And I think people would know the difference. You know, I, I mean. The home run derby won't be as good. People, people like you know that, that that's a tool people can see. Pictures, uh, but, won't be, but there are pitchers people, won't be as good. Pictures they, won't be as they'll good. They'll be able to tell. But you know, but like, the home
0: run derby. This is a perfect example. The home run derby. So the, here's where Bill is right, though.
1: Hold if on. it happened gradually, which it does naturally, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like it's true. Like the game changes, the skill, like the pitching in the 1980s was right. was what crappy independently pitching looks like now
0: yeah i'm exaggerating but i'm very much
1: exaggerating but fast the, and but but the, yeah the at big players are bigger faster stronger so the game has changed it has evolved and because it's happened gradually it's still baseball and even if you cut these things off and just okay so we're gonna go with the next thousand players it, it would still be baseball it would still be good baseball it would look a little less clean and pristine <laughs> and and well executed you wouldn't see the quality of like the high-end pitching talents that you have like ubiquitously the the guys with stuff would stand out like crazy uh, as opposed to just being yet another guy from the bullpen like it would change and that was you know how it used to be but if you did that all of a sudden after people have come to know the game played at this level i do think they would know the difference so if there's anything in here it's yes the game changes over time the players change over time but but People have relationships with the players and that's important. <laughs> it's like critical to this game and body people collect baseball cards and, and bottle heads and stuff. But also I think fans would notice the difference. I, I think like for example, when we had replacement players, whether it was in baseball, I think in the eighties and in the football NFL's done it. People knew the difference. Where they're like, this guy is not like this. Isn't these guys aren't as good, and they can tell the difference. I do think I do think baseball fans are more discerning about the quality of the product than uh, you and Bill James are giving credit for.
0: Nah, don't lump me in with Bill James. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. That's not at all what I'm saying. I what what I'm saying is, I think that the average baseball fan um, is. I think has a different profile than what you are saying. And yeah, I think and that the, the, the average baseball, so 69 million people attend They
1: can't tell the difference in talent when they then fall into the second bucket where it's like about the, who's in the laundry.
0: Yeah. But uh, who cares? Like, I mean, and I, I Okay, I was a huge I think fan see, of Matt Burton. I was a huge fan of Tyler Colvin. A
1: situation where you could just cut off everything and think it would be fine in any amount of time.
0: I don't it's know. It's just crazy. So I want to go back to what you were saying about the home run derby because I think that's a great <laughs> example because there are guys in the minors with 80 power who will never make the big leagues and it would put on an absolute show in a home Have run derby.
1: Have you watched the AAA home run derby?
0: And I think like so. I it's do, like oh, so it's a no. Okay,
1: go look it up, watch it, and tell me if you think it's better than the Major League Home Run Derby. Go for it. You, this is not a hypothetical. You can, I'm sure you can find the video somewhere. It's a the, the world is a mir- miraculous place. We can call the people, minor league baseball publicity and see if they can get it for us. Uh, <laughs> there's, there they have these things. I've seen non MLB home run derbies. They're not very
0: good. <laughs> 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 all right all right let me see here.
1: Yo, but you, I mean, you're right yeah man this guy can mash yeah but dude it's it there's a reason why these guys aren't in the majors and it's and i think you and i think you're okay maybe i am optimistic but i i don't know a lifetime of like listening to people in in whether it's in a bar or in the seats behind me or on the internet talking about baseball maybe this is an overly you know self-selected crowd but they know the difference and, and like when the NFL did it, people know the difference. I think, I think like the whole like thought experiment is like not a good thought experiment at all. It basically to me, it's like no, you're just that premise is insane. It's like absolute batshit. And it's like you you could never do that when people know the product. Like if they, nobody knew the product and you're starting from scratch, it's fine. Now the only thing where I found this interesting was. And something you said earlier, it's like you can't tell when you're watching it. And that's why I I tell people about women's cycling. Like you cannot tell when you're watching women's cycling that they're riding uh, three or four kilometers an hour slower. You can't. But these are all the top elite athletes. They're all the top condition. They're all the best bike handlers. Like all the other skills are there. They're just a little, they don't have the top end power watching women's baseball, very much the same thing. It's played literally 25 to 35 miles an hour slower than men's baseball. Other than that, it looks exactly the same. Like a clean pickup of a hop is a clean pickup of a hop. So you can say you can take away certain like things about the game. Like strength, but I don't think you can take away the quality of the actions.
0: Right. Well, yeah. I
1: was watching women's baseballs. It's great. Women's World yeah. Cup was great. There were teams that did not play clean defense. There weren't and it was being,
0: obvious, like,
1: it was, but the teams yeah. that did yeah. it was like Venezuela, Japan, United States, Canada. Like those teams were playing baseball. Yeah, and they didn't have You know, there were some. There were some strong, strong hitters. But for the most part, it was about contact and base running efficiency and defensive efficiency. And there's no way in the world I would say this is like the elite level of baseball. That is clearly Major League Baseball. But there were some tools <laughs> and that were clear. There was the quality of the execution and the cleanliness of the defense on the top teams was just totally like japan is a professional is professionals they they play professional women's baseball and there's a few women from taiwan who play in that league there that's good baseball so you can say things like well if you took away the velocity or the strength did this you would still see the quality of the actions at the top level. you can still see what those are the little 12 year old girl throwing 75 with a nasty slider you know there's like you can you can you can see those standouts in those places and you can see, you know, where the progression is. But I, you still have to have like a knowledge. Once you know what the elite is, what the current elite is, I think that just sets everything. And once you accept that, you know, the difference between men and women in terms of physical strength, you can still see what's elite and what's what's top talent. And I so there's it's not about these people are bigger, stronger, faster. It's like they have really good execution of the skills of the game. Okay. No, I think people know what that is.
0: Yeah. Well, and I agree with you on that. Like there are definitely parts of it that like you can tell the difference. Um, but I, I don't know. Cause I think, I think one thing is like, it's not, if I watched a game, a game, I could see a really crappy major league game that's really <laughs> sloppy. That's really you know like cool. you you shouldn't know. Be, we're not
1: going to talk about you know the Marlins on this show, okay? <sighs> Ever Or the Mets? No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to all our Mets and Marlins fans, but they're probably all nodding
0: like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, <laughs> no, so, I've like, you can watch a really a sloppy game. Games, I've,
1: seen, I've watched, I've seen the in like 2012 Cubs, you know, whatever with yeah. like Cody Ransom. So it's like you, you, I could tell. That these were not really good players.
0: And then I could watch I a triple, g- A AAA team or even a double no. a game and be like, wow, you know, Vlad grow jr. Amazing. Like this guy is serious or Eloy Jimenez. And it's like, well, this guy's, yeah. you know, big leaguer, this guy's, you know, the best, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so like, I don't know, like, and I know that there's not a whole team of, Vlad Guerrero juniors and there's not a whole team you know any of these guys who are in the minors but I also think and this is I think what you're saying is is these guys I mean except for those two have things to work on these things these guys are not polished major league players they're they're guys who there's holes in their swings there's you know guys who who can't command their fastball? There are these, you know, these other parts of their game. Yeah. That I mean, these
1: guys won't magically. If you if you cut off the top thousand or whatever, yeah. the bottom the second thousand won't magically get
0: better skills. Right, and and what you're saying is, you'd people be able will to tell. Yeah, I think people could tell. And and I think, I don't know. I'm, I don't. I'm know. still yeah. not okay. totally sold. I, but I, I also, even was
1: talking about it. it's kind of softened my view because I'm like, yo, know, you know, I I kind of see like the. There is there is like this yeah I don't know people would forget man I, I I don't think that something about baseball is that people always compared players over time so that's so to me it's like counter maybe this is something I should have realized earlier but this is it's counter to everything about baseball <laughs> where it, it's about cross time cross yes, generations totally it's, agree it's like, with that I think this the notion that you could do that it's like wait that that that's like like that's basically saying if I cut this tree off really close to the base, the tree is still as tall as it was before. It's like, well, yeah, I get what you're saying. The log is the same, but you've killed it. You've killed the tree.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <All> <laughs> I right. think I'm tracking with you there, Harry. Like no, that's terrible.
1: Think that's awful, but that's okay. <laughs> so let's all cut down some trees, and uh, we'll be back after um... this uh,
0: song. Yeah, I think one I thing know. is I, and I want to say that. I think that the labor implications uh, and I think that this is what got Bill James in a lot of hot water is yeah. like, you know,
1: for a guy who's a front office. person, Right. Like a players are assets, players
0: him. are, you know, like I, fundamentally, I have a problem with with talking about human beings in that way. And, and so I think that and
1: he says in the comments and cotton threads that he's like, I do not view the players as ass. I don't view them that way. Like he's basically backed off everything yeah. about what he said accepting that he was right and people wrong affected.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think and, it's such a
1: I, shitty conversation, dude. It's such a mess. Well,
0: I think there's, also there's so many people who do view that, you know, be, view players as assets. I mean, the the fantasy community's full of this and it, it drives me crazy. Like, um, yes. you know, players are the not property assets. of Yeah. Yeah, the property of
1: That that language is mean. People are, oh, it's just a fr-. it's like no, I mean, the line, words words mean words things. Matter. Yeah. Words words mean things and what people say and how they say I mean, it reflect cultural things and what's acceptable to say and what isn't reflects these things. And I think that the whole, you know, yeah, I think it's a pro- I think it's a definite problem. And Bill should know better. on uh, like he honestly yeah. should. Like he's like, "Dude, you are a face of you know, you're a pioneer and something and you're, and you have a responsibility, but, but there's, there's something like, I think the more subtle thing, I think I kind of started out in this point was that the, the, the main way teams use data and analytics, you know, the saber metrics, which I thought I going through this has helped, helped clarify my mind a bit why I don't like that term. Um, it's like it's about optimizing versus about being efficient. Like optimizing the players rather than optimizing the roster. Right. It's like you know, it's a it's different. It's like it's like player development, player evaluation, strategy development, um, you know, game planning. It's like that's what you use baseball quote unquote advanced and analytics for. You, you, it, it's secondary. It should be secondary to, to the what people are refer to probably sabermetric 1.0 point of view, which is one of these basic calculations of opt of, where, where's, where are things being grossly inefficient in baseball? Right. Which is fine. But then when you get to the point where it's like, okay, how can we then use that to lower labor costs as opposed to you to using the same toolkits perhaps to optimize the output of your labor? That's a big difference. It's totally. a very, very big difference, and I think that is the divide in a lot of ways where people misconceive how analytics are used and what analytics are. I hate, don't even like the phrase. And every decision has always been made based on information. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, it's like
1: I, I don't like. It's like it's it's like we've just learned. Like we have computers that can do math things and we have radars that are collecting data. Yeah. So we're, yeah, we're analyzing it. There's more data to analyze, but we're still just making decision and information systems, than people have been doing this for since the beginning of, of time. Totally. And, and it doesn't, I don't like the when the, a person who is a face of quote-unquote analytics, which is viewed as somewhat as a lump, um, is saying says something like that because there is this yeah. concern out there that the analytics community is by their practice and it is anti-labor. It's like a natural phenomenon. The more you optimize something, it's you, you're anti-labor by because you're, you're doing it for the man to make your lineups be cheaper and stuff. But the reality is, like, the people I know who are in the business and do these things are, like, I'm trying to make each player we have in our system the best they could possibly be. And I don't know. Some people may think that's the same thing. But it's it's not. It's It's, it's finding the best thing cheapest is not a sin. Okay? It's not cool in a labor market. But I don't think that's are we going to change? You're always going to have teams that have a budget and they're going to be, you know, we can complain about that, but don't blame it on the analytics. Right. <laughs> that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's like, you know, it's the analytics is causing like the labor. It's like, no, it's the freaking owners who are like, I can get away with it.
0: Right. Well, that, that's, I, it, that's it. There's it's like, a more informed. That's it. If, if you think analytics
1: is allowing, it's like they may be as a secondary thing. Like you could yeah. argue that Tampa's, ability to make so much with less encourages their ownership to continue to pocket money. That they shouldn't be pocketing and that they should be putting back in team. You could you could make that argument. But you also have teams like the Yankees <laughs> who have tons of money and they use baseball analytics, their department, and the Dodgers do it, these teams with large departments, to make optimize the players like they focus on the development of the players skills and execution and planning of how they're going to put those skills into onto the field and it's i guess there's both they coexist maybe they're side by side maybe desk to desk even within one desk but this notion that it's all about we're gonna see what the cheapest dollars per war we can get yeah it's hilarious like that's nonsense. What's not farts, smart fart, smart <laughs> front office people, fart people have been telling me since 2012 that that was you know I like, think it's been a long time. Like the first person said to me like that just you know we it's not how we're doing. Nobody it does that from yeah. all the way from a, a top level executive down to an intern, like have just laughed at that and people who have been associated with the term moneyball have laughed at the notion that they like they like that's 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 not how it's like you kind of want to know what the market costs are and stuff like that But we that we're not they're they're not people aren't trying to win the efficiency pennant
0: right well i think one thing too is like we've we've talked a lot about how baseball as a game is changing but i think like even this this side of it you know like how front offices use Data and gather data and all that. Like that's well, evolving exists. constantly because the technology constantly. exists. Yeah, like
1: basically, in order to why we have people looking at pitching data because freaking Sport Vision built something. Yeah,
0: because we have that. And now TrackMan
1: now. has it. You know, it's like because it we have it. Because it's like because we have the information. If you had had this information seventy-five years ago, teams would have used it.
0: Absolutely.
1: So, this is just not baseball has changed. Like, no, baseball hasn't changed.
0: Technology has changed. Yeah, and we'll continue to.
1: And and yeah, we're going to continue. There's the wearables and everything. There's more and more advancements and development coming in terms of how you can optimize athletic performance and understand athletic performance. There's, There's just no question about that. And you will use that to a competitive advantage. Will some cynical operations use that to reduce their labor costs and split while optimizing their product? Yeah, because reality is not every team is like saying success is winning a World Series. Some teams are, some teams
0: mm-hmm. aren't. I think it's important and, to, to say too, like if you're evaluating your, your team, whatever your team is, if you're evaluating them on, uh, you know, how they're using data or analytics, and, and, what that looks like, like dig a little bit deeper to, to understand, like, are they using it to find these labor inefficiencies? And, and basically like you're saying, like, you know, are they using it to lower their payroll and kind of just eke, eke it out and, and get by, or are they using it to find those optimizations and kind of, you know, as a fan, as a, as a, a consumer of baseball in general, like figure that out and ask those questions because that's, everybody's using data. Everybody's using analytics, every, you know, whatever term you want to use, every, everybody. And, and some people are using it for, you know, in, in different ways. But I think like just saying like analytics are bad or analytics are ruining baseball. It's like, no bad people. Ruining yeah, exactly. Like it, that, it, yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. The problem isn't that they have data now.
1: It's that we have a system that like, teams feel like, hey, if I'm not going to win, I'm going to really suck. And the fa- we still get our TV money. You know, Then you have these like analytics groups that are like, well, look, we're going to do the best we can with what ownership is giving us. And yeah. that's fine. I, I cannot fault the race for going with the strategy. But if you look at it as, well, they're trying to suppress salaries. Well, okay, that might be a problem that may be a problem, but this should not be a knee jerk that like using an L teams are using data analysis to, there's all these analytics departments and all these people are being hired and all these departments are growing and people are moving around and doing things in order to pay pay layers less. It's like, well actually now,
0: yeah, that's, that's not the calculus. Like, there's probably on. that
1: does happen. There's like no question that's happening sure, sure. at some level, but what people in the business are actually doing or what their department is maturing towards doing is, being better identifying talent, yes, which will then lower your talent acquisition costs and all those things, yes, yes, yes. But also the, really the ones that make, like get World Series rings out of this are the ones who are like, we're going to take the players that we have and make them the best they can possibly be, period. Like It's like we're going to take yep. each of these guys and identify and we're going to try and acquire the players that we think we can make into better players. And yeah, sometimes that's going to mean we had a bargain but then you've also developed the player into an expensive thing and you have to, so there's, is this really, you know, every, not every team's efforts are reducing labor costs. Some of them may actually in the long run increase them. Yeah. And, but it, it so it's not a, it's not a monolith. Like there's definitely problems. And I think there's definitely reason to be suspicious of certain things and motivations of certain actors in the space. But the notion that it's analytics, it's like, no, it's, so maybe some of the some of the crappy owners have found a lever to pull
0: and they're going to the find part, that either way for the
1: most part man i don't even know if there are any of those to yeah. be honest i mean these got every team i think at certain extent is like we want to win a world series they may may have a really bad plan they may look really clumsy to how to get there and what they want to do in between their world series or how long they want to be able to sustain it there's a lot of different philosophies. And yeah, there are players, you know, teams out there that are probably just playing for profit, not for win. I, I can't say that's not true. I mean, it's got to be. I mean, we can kind of see it sometimes, but it's also just a natural thing. Only one team can win. So what are you yeah. going to do if you're not? So, yeah. So look, if you're worried about a, a analytics suppressing labor costs, look more into some of the broader structural things, not not the fact that there's modus sleeves and <laughs> and trackman radars. Those aren't your root cause. If anything, those are assets and tools that the players themselves like and want to use. So, totally. we'll be fine if the union gets stronger.
0: Yeah, that would be nice. That would be mm-hmm. nice. Alright, we're going to take a quick break. Um while we're taking this break, take this opportunity to rate and review us on iTunes or send us a tweet at stolen underscore signs or an email stolen underscore signs at baseballperspectives.com and uh, we'll be back in a little bit. Stick around. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us in episode thirty-one of Stolen Signs. Um,
1: thirty-one is number one in a new chapter.
0: Indeed. Tell us more about this, Harry. There's oh, changes afoot. Uh,
1: changes have changed. <laughs> There's been. Uh, uh, I've been here for I don't know, a few years now, and uh, as of like two days ago, I'm now under the third ownership group. Uh, For the last few years, a group of folks came in who were not BP, ever ever worked at BP at all, ever. They they were basically subscribers who were in the publishing industry, and they bought the company. We just kind of wanted change. (laughs) So a few people bought it back. So the people who who own the company, who are the majority owners of the company now, and all of us who are responsible for operations of any kind in the company, I've all been here for quite some time. Uh, so it's, it's BP people. So it's the whole outsiders thing did not work. And uh, so it's a new company now. Yes. So, my, my job title changed, but it's still the same, same job I've always had. Just, I just decided, hey, I can change my title now.
0: <laughs> now's, now's the time.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's changed a few times. Um,
0: so, you so are now your title Director is of Research and Development. Director yeah. of Research and Development. Yeah. Excellent.
1: So, we no longer have, like, the Director of Technology title. Both Rob and I have used that title in the past. So, now it's retired. He's Director of Operations. So, okay, who so, are all
0: the folks that are involved here? We've got...
1: Okay. Well, uh, so the executive team is... Brett, Sarah, who's the president and CEO, and uh, Rob Baines and Jonathan Judge. Then the the management team is myself, Rob. uh, Rob McKeown. Yeah, Rob McKeown. Patrick Dubuque is the director of editorial thingies. (laughs) Um, Jeff Long is director of marketing, sales and marketing, something like that. Yep. And I'm totally forgetting and spacing on things. Hold on. I don't know, it's all online. Yes. There's some trends. Go look at our Twitter, at the BP Twitter. It tells tells you who we all are. Except for one person. Their name didn't quite get into that because... Not yet. Not yet. Why, why is that, Kendall?
0: Well, I'm joining Baseball Prospectus, and um, I will be... You already
1: part are part of Baseball Perspectives. Yes. You're be- I'm formally
0: joining it in a full-time capacity. Um as the director of product development. And so I will be um, developing products. So (laughs) building and creating uh, products, tools, website stuff. Um, And uh, I'm ecstatic and super excited to um, kind of really be a part of taking baseball perspectives to uh, where we all uh, want it to be, and know it can go, and uh, I know that the team that's in place now is is the team that's gonna gonna do that, and uh, so I'm super super pumped to be a part of it, and honored, and humbled, and uh, and excited. Yeah, I can't wait.
1: So the next time we podcast, you'll be full time.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, awesome. So it's exciting. Yay. Yeah,
1: it's very happy time. So, yeah, this is exciting. This is good. We're really very committed to making some long and needed improvements. Yeah. And so <laughs> uh, I, so.
0: Yeah, I guess to that, to that point, Harry, um, like we've talked about this before, but I think another, you know, another call to listeners here um, to please uh, email us or tweet at us or tweet at um, the... Baseball Prospectus Twitter or email. There's also a subscriber um, survey that we have on the the post on the site. But give us feedback of of what you want to see happen at Baseball Prospectus and uh, different things that you like, care about, don't like, because um, w- we we really want to make the the site and the products things that you like and that you care about. So. Um, we definitely have open ears that are willing to listen and learn from, uh, from subscribers and people at large who care about baseball's prospectus, um, as much as we do.
1: Yes, very much. And we're, <clears throat> we're, we're, are uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I just basically like we're, we're psyched and yeah. we, we have a lot to do. This is good. So definitely the time. We're, we're in the prior, prioritizing and planning phase of, like, so many things. So this would be a great time to hear from people about what we can do better, what we shouldn't bother doing, and what we maybe used to do that we aren't doing, and, and anything that you think would make uh, your experience with Baseball Perspectives, whether it's our editorial side or our stats or anything, um, our, our stadium events,
0: yeah. All
1: merchandising, of it. Every, anything you you know. Well, let us know. We, we really want to hear and make sure that we're uh, truly responsive to our community that has supported us for over 20 years now.
0: So, yeah. so hit us up, uh, stolen signs at com, or reach out to Harry or myself on Twitter. Um, and uh, we definitely um, would love to hear feedback. So thank you all for listening. And uh, Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Goodbye baseball. A new world.